The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash midwestpodnet and support us for as little as a dollar a month. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John, and here with me today are Brian hey. and Alex. Hello. This special Easter episode, we've got no Easter eggs, but we've got a bunch of news to go over. But before we get to all that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K and Gojo for their contributions. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can use your Amazon Prime free subscription to subscribe to our channel and give us a little bit of money yes. for free. Or a lot. Or you can give us more money if you want. Yeah, and you will get access to uh, emotes that are our faces. Yeah, I Brian, think I, I'm going to post one in the emote thing now. Brian's the money maker, so he's uh, he's the most expensive, the third tier. But you can have John John for the free tier or the five dollar tier, and I'm the middle tier. So, yep. um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, John's cheap. Yeah, John 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 is the least expensive, cheap and easy. Yep, I don't know. We're interchangeable. Anyways, just the way we like our Johns. Any bumpers for the network? Yes, the Horror Movie Yearbook just did their AVPVT bracket. Alien versus <laughs> Predator versus Terminator. Uh, and it is the bracket that I've seen the most movies out of. There were only three that I hadn't seen, and they were all Predator movies. So um, <laughs> go listen to that. It's a very entertaining episode. They have a great discussion about Alien Covenant. And uh, and their brackets don't differ a whole lot until they start getting towards the end. So I think, uh, I think But I think it's a great listen. Right on. That does sound cool. I'll you can also listen to that one. Yeah, you can fill out the bracket ahead of time. If you follow them on Instagram, they usually post it uh, so that people have time to watch movies if you want. But even if you don't watch the movies, you can still fill out a bracket, send it in, let them know your thoughts, and, and they'll talk about it. On, uh, I think they have a bonus episode coming up next week where they'll talk about people's brackets. Sweet. So. My thought is Alien Covenant, Covenant was eh. Yes, but when you put it up against, I believe the first round matchup was Covenant versus. Uh, let me pull it up here real quick so that I don't misquote myself or misquote them. Uh, stalling for time. <laughs> Almost there. <laughs> okay, I'm here now. Uh, it was Terminator Salvation versus Alien Covenant. Okay. I, I think I would give it to Alien Covenant. Which one was Salvation? Was Salvation, that the latest one? No, it's the Christian Bale and Sam oh, Worthington okay. one. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. I saw that as well. But not the worst of the Terminators, but not Also the best. not the worst matchup. The worst matchup was Terminator Genesis versus Alien 3, <laughs> which is which is on I the first round as well. Is Genesis the newest one? Genesis I haven't the seen that one. one, actually. I saw it in theaters. It wasn't terrible, but it also wasn't very good. I thought I didn't like it at all. I just don't like how they keep changing who the fuck John Connor is played by. Like, just pick somebody Ooh. and stick with it. Yeah, it's, it's just... Oh, all right, <laughs> Brian's going to have a chest burster. <laughs> Any minute now. <laughs> it's a more col- like a colon <laughs> burster. Yeah, an abdomen <laughs> burster. <laughs> yeah, let, let's stop talking burster. about alien stuff, I guess. All right. There's no go. current video game tie-in. Go so. listen to horror movies. Yeah, Get this man alien some Pepto-Bismol. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. Well, but that Space already balls. came out a while ago, though. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, horrormovieyearbook.com. Go check it out. It's a good it. show. 
yeah. What else have you guys been playing, Alex? You came down playing Mortal Kombat something on I, the Vita. I played three minutes of Mortal Kombat on the Vita because they just did a uh, <laughs> the Giant Bomb was doing a feature where they were playing through the 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 first game, and I was like, I might as well boot up my Vita and play that. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's still good. Is that all you've been playing? Yeah, I, pretty I play, much. I played some Sekiro. There's episodes of Sekiro on both Twitch and YouTube for people to go see. Uh, I've actually beaten a boss, like a main boss of the game now, because I hadn't done that. One out of, of the yet. sixteen, probably, or however. Yeah, many there. yeah, and it was it, it was really interesting. It was good because Zach was there to kind of like. I think he knew when I was struggling. I'm just going to have to throw that pillow you're sitting on out after this. <laughs> Brian is also struggling. <laughs> um, yeah, I may or may not make it through this episode. Yeah, right now the, the McDonald's in your stomach is battling with a, oh, with a Soulsborne boss. Um, mm. That is your acidic environment. And the anyway. leftovers of several beers. <laughs> um, but no, it was interesting because that first boss was very much... My my playstyle in Sekiro before then had really put me in a place where I was trying to maintain distance and and strike a little bit and then pull back. And that first boss, the way he moves is set up so that you literally cannot do that. You have to deflect. You have to learn how to deflect. I mean, and, well, that's a big difference with this game versus like the Souls games is you can actually parry with the bosses, right? Yes, yeah, and that's the thing. That's what that was what was kind of counterintuitive to me is that I felt like there was no way that I would be able to deflect somebody who's like three times my size and has a gigantic sword, but you totally can cuz you're supposed to be an awesome shinobi. Or kind of, I don't know, a shinobi that's been killed several times before. Yeah, but, he's missing an arm. Yeah. He's, he's kind of awesome. Yeah, so um, that first boss was a very cool kind of re-education and has kind of made me more open to trying to deflect things, although I still have to like fight against my nature to just run around like a like a cotton-headed ninny muggins and trying to make sure that I don't get hit ever, even though I always end up getting hit, so... It's still a good game. Right on. Go watch my show. And you still suck at it? I still do suck at it. Brian? Yeah. Um, I honestly don't think I've played anything other than the, the Division. You played Apex yesterday. And Apex, yeah. I played some more Apex. How's that? Has anything anything crazy? Did you encounter the new character at all and jumping on jump pads? Yeah, or like that any? was pretty wild. Those yeah. jump pads can make you go pretty far, especially like if you're... Like going, if you put one on a hill mm. and you get just that like, angle, yeah. yeah, and then slide when you hit the hill, and it's yeah, it's pretty fun. That's cool. Um, he's also really fast when he does his little fast thing. What's his name? I don't remember. Okay, he looks like a character from Borderlands. That's all I remember. All right. Um, I, mean, I don't know. They the, all kind the of game's do. still good. Pe- everyone that plays it is still really good. It seems, except for our teammates that we get. I was just <laughs> playing with Corey. Still don't have a third, usually. Yeah. Um, but we did better overall. Like, we got second place a couple times. We only played for, like, an hour or two. Um, yeah, I don't know. Octane. I definitely feel like... That's uh, the name of the yeah, character. I definitely feel like still feel like it's the best of the battle royale games yeah has the battlefield one dropped yet yeah i tried it okay 
Uh, maybe I forgot to mention that. I don't know. I don't know if you talked about that or not. It seemed kind of uh, janky in a way. Okay. Was there anything that made it different, other than just being Battlefield and not Call of Duty or? I mean, it's kind of a good. uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it feels like a Battlefield game, but with like PUBG mechanics compared to like the the map is huge. Okay. And it's cool. I'd say the one thing that sets it apart over the other ones is all the cool vehicles you have. That's cool. And, like, you can get in, like, a little mini tank. Nice. And just wipe out squads with it, which is fun. Um, and you can uh, destroy buildings and stuff, which is a Battlefield staple. And that's really cool. But it just doesn't quite feel right. I think it's the problem I had with it was like the inventory management and mm. stuff is really weird. And I just didn't quite understand it. But I only played it like a couple rounds. So, In terms of how big it is, would you say it's as big or bigger than PUBG, that first map? That, um, it is on par with okay. at least one of those maps. I, I don't know about the largest one. But okay. it's, a, it's a pretty big map, especially for only 64 people. That's cool. Sweet. I'm sure they'll improve it and uh it'll get better. But I don't know. I just don't have much interest in it right now. Yeah. I like Apex because it's it's wildly different than PUBG and I've put a lot of hours into PUBG. The Battlefield one's definitely more like PUBG. Like slower and your shots matter and there's bullet drop and all that stuff. Interesting. Sweet. Yep. I've only played the division. We played well, like a few rounds of Rainbow Six the other day, and we actually did really well. Oh yeah, that's good. Surprisingly, that too. yeah, we we played maybe six rounds of Rainbow. I think we lost one. Nice. I I don't feel like I lose too much skill when I take a break from that game. If anything, I I just play better because I'm not as frustrated <laughs> yeah. as I am when I play every day and expect no, I mean, too we, much of myself. We all played really well, and I mean, we ended up playing with a guy who actually was like, he was not only was he a decent player, but he also was like like friendly and like wanted us to like do well. Not so, toxic. Yeah, he was just it was just a good good dude. He ended up friending all of us when we were done too. So. Nice. It was a it was an enjoyable experience with him. Was it Thick Daddy? No, it wasn't Thick Daddy. I That's can't remember this guy's name. It was like, uh, shit. What was his name? That's fine. Like Quirty something. Oh, um, he sounded kind of like Jeff. He though. sounded almost identical to Fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, like he sounded like his not only his tone of voice but also his mannerisms and like his friendliness was like very on par with Josh. So, That's cool. Yeah, it was cool. Cool to have him on board. Uh, the division it still is just blowing my mind. I have finished maxing out my survivalist specialization. I've moved on to the demolitionist at this point. Um, I now I'm I'm as of last night 499 with my gear score. I still now that I'm I'm actually I'm actually like getting to 500. My uh, proficiency caches that drop are giving me 500 level items, and I'm picking up higher level stuff, so I'm going to start actually specking out my gear to build and play the way I want it to, mm-hmm. um, which we did some PvP the other day in the dark zone and just got fucking demolished by these guys <laughs> who... I mean, and they were they were lower gear score than us, I think, for the most part. They just had better builds overall. It didn't really occur to me till now, but because you can trade items, couldn't you just drop items for me and i could up my gear score that way if yeah if if when we're playing together i can yeah well we should probably start doing that yeah sure um but yeah the, the game's fantastic uh 
It's uh, what? What is the? Have they said what the gear score required for the raid that just got pushed back will be? I I don't know, but world tier four uh, maxes out at four ninety as like its peak, and then like five hundred is what you can get to. Um, it challenge when you're playing in challenging mode. I think enemies are level thirty five, so you want to be as high as possible. No, yeah. we're in tier level. five. We are, but tier four. Or yeah, tier five. Yeah, tier five drops or maxed out at four ninety. Okay. Like for the like it's like your your table, your crafting table maxes out from four seventy to four ninety is what you get in tier five. And mm. then you can then pick up gear that's five hundred or more, I think. Or just five hundred max. Excuse me. Um but yeah, it's the, the game's great. Uh I found some guns that I really like. I what I really dig about the demolitionist, uh now that I've switched over to him, is that his specialization, uh, his specialization has has much better. Um, I can't. You guys are the worst. Oh my god! So he went to grab a Kleenex immediately after farting. I was like, is he gonna wipe his ass on the air? Right now? <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry. So oh. you're making gear on your table. No, well, what I was gonna say is the the what I really dig about the the specialization of the mm. demolitionist is that his each spe, each de, each specialization has their own set of weapons that they like recommend you use. Like for instance, with the the survivalist, they said auto rifles uh, and shotguns were like your go to, and then they also give like gave you a D fifty Desert Eagle as like your sidearm. Um, for the demolitionist, it's LMGs and SMGs. So you've got these like heavy hitting like mm-hmm. LMGs, and then you've got these like lighter hitting SMGs, and you get you can bump, you can pump uh, perks into both of those to make them stronger by perspe- percentage, like up to fifteen percent stronger uh, when you max out each of those perks. Um, and I've been using Chatterbox, which is an SMG. What about the class I play? You're just going to ignore I that I don't know one? anything about your class. You should probably well, talk about that about shit. It. Honestly, you get a three-round burst pistol, and you are encouraged to use semi-auto rifles like the and then um, as your secondary and then a sniper rifle as your See, primary. And that makes plenty of sense. So you're saying, you're saying they encourage you to use these. Uh, you, the, the, perk, does that... the perk tree gives you perks based on those particular weapon types. Okay. So, like each specialization has a set of perks applied to those items. Um, the demolitionist, because of my current build that I'm using, I'm using Chatterbox, which is an SMG, and I have this LMG with a hundred round magazine. It's just unfucking believable because it just seems like the bullets keep coming. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was firing it into my face for like two solid <laughs> minutes the other day. So. So you can choose to use other weapons. Yes, so you're just not going to get, get the bonuses perks, right. from your perk tree. Yes, yeah, so, some of the bonuses do apply to all weapons. Like mine has something that gives you like plus five percent each time you level it up. It gives you an extra five percent to headshot damage, and that's for every weapon. Yeah, you that's use. global for all the weapons. But so, uh, but uh, sniper rifles have a modifier that gives you like. A hundred. I think at this level, it's like a hundred and thirty plus percent uh, headshot damage. Okay. So it's better to use something like that because then you're just stacking the bonuses. Yeah. So you picking survivalist or demolition or sharpshooter. 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 This gives you this perk tree that enhances using these certain weapons for you. Does it do something else? Like what? What? 
Is it is that the is that like the main focus there is that you get this perk tree to play with and you get a perk tree specific to the specialization that you choose and it bumps up different perks that you may already have. Like for instance, you you you're allowed two skills. You're like normally like in the game you're allowed two skills. Your skills are your gadgets. So you have Equipped. either uh, your drone or your uh, turret. The or, turret. Yeah. So yeah. you have these different skills that you can drop and use in play. The specializations also have perks to those particular drones. For instance, the uh, survivalist perk was that the, instead of the rolling grenades, the seeker grenades, yeah. it was a healing grenade that you can drop on yourself, and then you can send it to go help your other players if they're down or whatever. Like if they're getting you know hit, you can send it off to them, or you can bring it back to you. For the uh, demolitionist, my turret can now launch uh, artillery, uh, mi- like missiles, like grenades, like. Really? Like, yeah, Sweet. that's it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, the the sharpshooter gets like a recon drone, which is not really that useful, honestly, in my opinion. That's but, the one that pings people. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it is cool because you can have it follow an enemy, okay. so that part's cool. But like, I feel like it doesn't do anything that you can't do with the pulse tree. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's just the the game is super in depth, and Brian even he dropped a video in the in our Discord the other day, and, and like after we had been playing all night, and he's like, I didn't realize how deep this game gets. Yeah, like it had fifteen tips, and I probably didn't know about ten of the things That's in cool. that video. Um, Scurvy nuts Lamont just hit us up with his Discord. It looks like nice. Right on, man. All right, you got it. Yeah, we'll talk, man. We'll get we'll get at you. Um. <laughs> so that so is there anything about the weapons that you choose? Can they have so 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 you say the uh, sharpshooters encouraged to use sniper rifles? Can you get sniper rifles that will also contribute to perks for like your skills or anything like that? Like the drone and stuff. Like like is there any like I get that the perk tree from the the sharpshooter specialization encourages you to use sniper rifles. Is there anything on the sniper rifles that will feed back into like the skills that? that specialization uh, encourages or no is it just kind of the one way not really i okay. mean there's there's a lot of different perks that kind of work well with each other but and it really just depends on the kind of build that you want to make too because like you you have like armor perks and like attack perks and skill perks that you can add based on your armor and things that you put on so it's all a matter of like figuring out how you want to play the game and then adapting you know like do you want to be more of like a, a healer type support character? Like you would pump a lot of your points. Your your armor would then go to skill. Yeah. Or not like your sorry your your I I guess it's armor, but I don't want to use the word armor because armor is an your attribute. gear. Your gear, yeah. So you pump all your gear into skill, and then you would probably use someone like the survivalist who's more of a support character and can heal people. Um, you know, if you were trying to be more of a DPS, you'd probably want to use like you know the uh, you're going to use the demolitionist and you're going to pump a lot of your uh your gear perks into the the attack um you know like bu- buffing your LMGs and your SMGs and your headshots and your critical damage and things like that okay so the game's intense man like yeah, there's, there's a lot there there's so many things to consider and like I said, we we ended up going into the, into the dark zone the other day, and these, this other group of guys, like we thought they were going to be cool, and they were at first, and then all of a sudden they just like turned on us out of nowhere. Which I mean, that's the game. Yeah, I mean, that's let's the be dark honest. Zone. But we could literally do nothing to them. Like any chance we got, like 
I mean, their demolitionist had his his skill tree for the for his grenade launcher was maxed out. Anytime that grenade hit me, I was down instantly. And yeah. and that was one of the two zones where, or maybe that's the only zone where the damage is kind of normalized between levels. So like, you you can't like roll in there. Like, you know how Destiny, like, when you'd play, like, Iron Banner and yeah. Power Mattered or whatever, it, some of the Dark Zones are like that. Okay. And then the other ones are not. So, and this one was not like that. So, we were we should have all been on equal footing for the most part, but they were just, like, handing our asses to us hmm. the whole time. Yeah. There's nothing Like, every every bullet, they, I mean, it's like they, one of the things I was reading is putting a lot of perks into handling your gun handling and the, it's like these guys like yeah, that's something i never would have their guns about. never wavered from the point like they <laughs> it's like they were using laser guns like yeah. they were not missing a single bullet and it's like every bullet hit me and it didn't matter and, what and i and they were using full auto guns so interesting yeah so it's it's there's a lot of things to take into consideration depending on how you want to play the game and what sort of aspects of the game you plan on playing if you're focusing on pvp you're going to have a different build out for pvp you can save loadouts too which is cool. So you can have a PvP specific loadout. You can have one specific to the conflict mode, which is like the arena style PvP. You can have one specific to the even PvE. Touched. <laughs> like there's so many different ways to build out your character. And it's like it's a little bit intense, but at the same time, it's kind of fun figuring all that shit out. Like, yeah. It's just it yeah, the the game's great. Everything about it's great. Cool. So anyways, we've talked enough about the division. Let's hit some news. All right. Apparently Scurvy Nuts Lamont thinks we're boring. That's fine. Stop saying his name. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Division 2, the first raid was pushed back to May. It was supposed to come out April 25th next week, but it looks like they've decided to take a little more time with it. A bunch of people online were, like, pissed about this. I'm like, you know what? I don't care because there's so much other shit to do in the game. Like, I, I don't... I don't, It's I also... Could, I could wait. A free yeah. update. They're yeah. not particularly, in like... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know. you know... If they got to take, they say they want to take time to fine tune it and make sure that things. Are I good would much prefer that than they release something like, buggy. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you get halfway through this long ass raid and you can't finish it or something stupid. Yeah. And they just unlock the public test server for Division Two, which is great. So if you want to play some of the new content that's coming out, it is available for you to do so. So how does that work? How does that work with your character? Is it just kind of like this is just for fun, or does it actually? Like same, if, same character. I don't think there's cross progression between the servers. Okay. Though. I so think you'd have to play it again in order to complete it in your actual save. I don't, save I don't that think matters. so. I think you can load the character you have because that's attached to your account. But it's not like what you play on the public se- test server is separate from what you play in the game otherwise. I'm not 100% sure, though. Okay. I was debating downloading it. I need to free up some space on my SSDs because I keep downloading it. There's never it. enough space. There's never enough yeah, space. Yeah, I just keep buying more. <laughs> how, yeah. how big is the Division 2 compared to like Tom Clancy? Because Tom uh, Clancy's like... It's big, I'm pretty sure. Like Rainbow? Yeah, 60 gigs, I think. Something Yeah, around there, 60 maybe. Huh. But so it's, it, not, no, it's not four years deep and 100 gigabytes. No, it's not. That's definitely. Not. It will be 100 At by the point. end of the year, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. after all the free updates. Yeah. But all right. Uh, so, so more Ubisoft. Notre Dame burned down Ubisoft. this week, Partly. sort of. Uh, and after that had gone down, the internet realized that Ubisoft had recreated a realistic uh, rendering of Notre Dame in Assassin's Creed Unity, and because of that, Assassin's Creed Unity will now be used to help remodel. 
uh, Notre Dame as they're. I fixing thought that it was up. just a rumor. Nope that this is that's the only way they're going to be able to fix some of the visual fixtures in the building is because that's of how insane. accurate yeah it's Notre the, Dame's it, representation is in Assassin's Creed Unity. That's one of the things I've always loved about the Assassin's Creed games is how their attention to details unbelievable they are. Yeah. yeah. Great. And well, I'm I'm actually really sad I never played too far into this one, so I'm kind of glad I got it for free because I had it on Xbox. So that's it, the thing; it ran like shit on Xbox. It is free on UPlay. They're encu- encouraging donations to the like uh, re- reconstruction effort for Notre Dame. They also donated like five hundred thousand euros or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. Four hundred. I, I think it was four hundred thirty-four thousand euros. Yeah. It, roughly five hundred thousand dollars US. I think. Okay. So. Um, that's really cool, and and the thing is, this, when this game first came out, it got panned because of the bugs and things at first. But I had always heard that after they had actually fixed the issues, it was yeah. actually quite a good Assassin's Creed. Game. I heard on PC, it still looks like better than even some of the newer Assassin's Creed games. Interesting for some reason, um, and that's probably why it ran so terrible back in the day. Because yeah. I do remember it when it looked good, it looked really good. Yeah, when it came out. But it just, yeah, it was, like, nearly unplayable, and then I never got back around to revisiting it. Well, I mean, I even think back to, like, the first Assassin's Creed game. That game looked amazing for 360. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was incredible. Definitely. That's something Ubisoft has always put a lot of time and effort into, is making sure their games, like, the the visual uh, aesthetic is very appealing. They've done some remaster stuff, too. Like, they just released three remastered for the new consoles. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and and it looks like now that the game has been uh, put out for free, and and with how how uh, I don't know, corroborative Ubisoft has been with the like reconstruction efforts, um, people are now like review bombing the game on Steam in a positive way and like giving it really good glowing reviews, which isn't normally something you see happen on the internet. So, well, I mean. Again, I I am throwing it out there. Ubisoft is like developer of the past couple of years because they're just fucking taking over. Man, it's weird to have someone who like actually pays attention to its users. Yeah, and like gives a shit. Yep. You know, it doesn't seem like they're all about just making money, even though they they probably are. They're a big I, corporation. Well, I'm, sure they I'm pretty a, sure they actually donated some of their own money to this. Yeah, too. no, that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's what we referenced. Like, I don't know if that's really necessary. Uh, we don't need to get into my opinions on that whole thing and the fact that the church has enough money, but well, whatever. yeah, that's yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, I mean, cool. The, yeah. Get the game for free on UPlay. The real question would be who owns the property itself. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, yeah, we're not gonna. Good point. That's for the. I don't really know. Flint, Midwest Flint property in water. You know, Midwest property rights nerds the, podcast. The Midwest property brothers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, where do I fit in? Oh. I don't know. You're the guy that stinks up the houses. <laughs> you're you're Dr. D. You're the, I, I'm yeah. a toilet tester. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm here to test the integrity of the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the other side of uh, giant video game companies, Activision Blizzard wants to know how its employees' pregnancies are going. This is just fucking weird, man. Yeah, I mean, so. I guess it affects them if like a bunch of women are are leaving for pregnancy leave, or if like you've got men leaving for paternal leave. If that's part of their practices, I don't really know. So but. Uh, yeah, apparently the Washington Post uh, published a story that said that Activision Blizzard has been offering third party fertility and pregnancy tracking services to its employees, and then receiving their data back in return, supposedly anonymized data. Um, so this is something I'm I'm gonna 
be kind of cagey about this, but this seems to be something that a lot of bigger companies are doing with their employees. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure using some of that data, as John said, in order to kind of track and see like where are they going to need to shift manpower and stuff like that. Uh, Certainly. Power. Person power. Person power. Uh, My... Go on. So like they're they're like I I don't I think this is happening more than people realize. I don't think Activision Blizzard's the only company out there doing it. I know for a fact that Activision Blizzard isn't the only company out there doing it. But it does feel kind of weird when like you hear that oh they're receiving the data back anonymized and then on top of that like what are they doing with that data? Have employees really been made aware of what's being done with that data and and so on and so it's forth? Pretty messed up, honestly. What were you going to say? I mean, my secret hope is that they're using it to perfect hosts in the real West world. Because <laughs> that's exactly what they do in the show. Is yeah. Use everyone's data. That's true. Yeah. They're sending robot, uh, robot gigolos to their employees' homes and collecting all of their yes. bodily fluids. And Hello. Data. I'm here to impregnate you. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Tane. My name's Tane. I'm here to entertain you. <laughs> Anyway. I'm your new dancer, Tane. <laughs> <coughs> hey there, Paul. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole lot of information out there. I didn't read the whole Washington Post story, but it just basically sounds like these apps are meant to... These apps are out there under the guise of like trying to help you figure out, like, okay, I'm sure there's like ovulation tracking, and like on top of that, uh, when you should be getting checkups and ultrasounds and things like that. So they have they have this like representation of being like we're here to help you know how to keep track of your pregnancy but then on top of that the fact that they're like taking that data and using it for some purpose yeah. that is not transparent. I, I just feel like a general rule to follow is if a large corporation offers you an easy way to do something <laughs> for free, they're definitely getting something out of it. Yeah, you got to look into it. So, so just don't let them into your personal shit too much. Yep. If you have a problem with that. Yes. Be 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 aware of what the data you are giving people may may do. Don't trust everybody. Because information is power. Yes. All right. Next up. Microsoft is promising its biggest E3 presence ever just as Sony sits it out. Their Xbox conference will be June 9th, which I think is the Sunday. I mean, they have a lot more elbow room, you know. And oh, they certainly do. <laughs> Maybe um, they'll just set up like a, a track for a Forza event or something. Entirely possible. Uh, so it, it's going to kick off this year at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, June 9th. Uh, obviously, it's going to stream everywhere. They're going to talk about things like Halo Infinite and Gears 5, as well as all of the huge games, people that they, the studios that they've picked up over the past couple of years. Um, cool. But this is also where they're expected to have their kind of uh, streaming video gaming announcement or sneak peek or whatever it's going to be is probably going to happen here. Uh, and it's it's set to be an interesting E3. It could either be really big and interesting or it could also be really boring and like only Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> so we we still don't know if Sony's going to do like a Nintendo Direct-ish thing around the E3 time frame or maybe they'll do something ahead of time or maybe they'll do something after. 
Or maybe they'll just sit back and be like, we're the leaders. <laughs> That's entirely possible. Let's let everyone catch up. We have news to, to cover shortly with, with Sony and their next generation plans shortly. But, uh, you know, they still have room to be like, hey, Days Gone just came out and they have to announce when The Last of Us 2 is coming at some point. The main, Ghost of Tsushima the main as well. filming, I believe, for like the mo- mocap just ended this yeah. past week for... Yeah, they just Last tweeted out about uh, Neil Neil Druckmann, I think is his name. Yeah, maybe not. I don't remember. Neil something. The head of of Naughty Dog tweeted about finishing the the mocap uh, shooting. So cool. Yeah. Yup. It's gonna be an interesting E3, and I like honestly, I'm a little like personally, my disappointment about this E3 is that like I wonder how much. Because Giant Bomb usually goes, and they have guests from all over the industry come on every night and talk. And they usually have, like, a three- to four-hour show every night of E3 with really interesting panels of guests that they switch out, like, every 45 minutes or so. Mm. But I'm wondering how much people are even going to be there without Sony having a huge presence. Like, Microsoft's still going to be there, but you know people are probably starting to think, like, should we bother putting money into showing up to e3 if you know right so it'll yeah. be interesting to see how e3 is covered this year but i mean i think a lot of that shift came when e3 became less about meeting with like the retailers and more about meeting with the actual players you know oh well yeah i mean they certainly the last two years they've been trying to bring in gamers more so than yeah. you know focusing on on Media yeah, companies, the I mean, retailers, and the media companies, and everything. It's just like anything else. You see, like a competing kind of event going on that does something, and you want to try to do it too. Yeah, like PAX has gotten so big that they have ones in every corner of the country now. Yep, like year round. So um, they probably wanted to get in on that player connection for sure. But and and as you know, we've talked previously, but like having people having companies take charge of their own press has certainly led to like a shift in how news comes out why bother why bother to come here at e3 and put your stuff out among everybody else that's doing it when you could just create your own platform at a different time of year to and release it on youtube yep put it out on youtube have everybody watch it anyway have control of like the media narrative that day yeah you know so it's uh it's an interesting world we live in. But anyway, more Microsoft news. Xbox One S all digital edition launches May seventh for two forty nine ninety nine. So yeah. this is the discless. <laughs> I tried to say discless so that I didn't say dickless like <laughs> everybody has been saying on the internet. That's what I was thinking. The discless Xbox One S $250. It comes with Minecraft, Sea of Thieves, and Forza Horizon 3, not 4. That's that's a really good bundle. Like, if you don't have an Xbox at all, I feel like this is a pretty decent deal, and you have no games. You get Game Pass for three months for a dollar. Yeah, that's cool, too. But uh, if you've already been in the Xbox game, I feel like... 250 is too high like it should be about 200 yeah you're you're losing the ability to play any of the physical games that you may already have 
and you're not going to be able to play 4K Blu-rays, which I think is one of the cool kind of value-added things that the Xbox has over the PlayStation. I mean, Even considering it's not like a great player, it's better than none. Considering it, like what two two years ago, the Xbox that I sold to John, the one S that I sold to John, I yeah. got as like an Amazon warehouse open open box for like a hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I swear I've seen the S be as low as two hundred like for certain sales. And granted, that didn't. I mean, that didn't come with three games. How much space does this have? I didn't notice. That's a great question. Let's like, find what the out. Hard drive is. Um, it doesn't even say. Does yeah. Just click on one of the store links at the bottom there. Yeah. I mean, I guess that determines more how much value. One terabyte. Yeah. See, if you're going all digital, that I feel like that's not enough space either. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, I would think if you are thinking about buying an all-digital Xbox, but then you the have what's, a pretty robust internet connection. What's anyway. the difference between the all-digital and the one with the disk drive? Because games now have to f- install the entire game yeah, on the I hard mean, drive anyways. The, the disk is simply a key to tell the system that you own the game. I mean, so. it, yeah. it prevents you from getting sweet deals on used games and borrowing them from friends and stuff like that. That's the main thing to me is like, I can't imagine that anybody's going to want to buy this because it's locking them out. (laughs) (laughs) It's locking them out of the market for discs. It's like, they're taking the temperature of like, Hey, do you, do you want to, do you, do you want to get us to a point where we feel like we don't need to, sell physical copies of games anymore but that's that's the thing so with with game pass and just the ease of purchasing games digitally in general like i'm less inclined now to buy physical copies than ever like i don't like the only reason i buy physical copies now is because i still have my best buy gamers club for the next couple months but most of the games i've purchased in the past couple of months didn't have physical releases on pc 100% well and that's the thing you've also taken and i have too we've we've all taken more of a turn towards our pc anyways where yeah, the, the games the, we want to play are multi-platform so the, who cares the but. physical market already does not exist for pc yes, yes you can go out and buy a box in store but even if it has a disc in it you're still using a one-time use key in order to play that game and it has no value after the that. last couple games i bought physically or physical copies of for pc didn't even have a disc yeah it was they a just had the code the, the only the, the only pc game that i have purchased in the past six years that actually had a physical disc was Diablo 3. Does the... I, I guess I could go grab Civ- my copy. Civilization 6 didn't have it. Didn't have one. It was just a... It was... It was it, well, no, that, that was a physical disc, but again, it's just a key. You, you put it in you to download the, the game. You the Steam, and, it, yeah. and then you download the copy that has the latest updates anyway. Call of Duty was a paper disc with a code on it. Yeah. Destiny 2 was a paper disc with a code yeah. on it. Like, that's just the standard yeah. now. Nobody's buying physical games anymore. And it's funny. Well, so part of that, like, everyone's like, well, 
if if I'm not paying for the physical like stuff anymore, why is the why game is it still fifty nine? Why is it still cost the same amount of money? And that's because they didn't want to fucking increase the price of the physical copy ones. They're selling more of the digital versions now at the same price because that's what they should have been paying anyways. They're not producing like hard cases and discs and all that other yeah. shit. They're not paying all these other things on the back end anymore. So. But the cost of making video games has risen as well. Right. So there's kind of this. I would expect prices of games to go up with the next generation. To I, be honest with you, I wouldn't. I mean, it would be a probably a smart thing to do the only issue is like i would if, want that to go into the pockets of the people making the games and not the ceos of the company right that they, yeah you so know like hard. ea who you know fired 500 employees and then gave their ceo a 31 million dollar bonus or yeah. whatever the hell that guy yeah. can suck a fuck yeah. well he did he made a decision that made their stockholders more money so that's why he gets a raise he yep. made a decision but that's a different discussion for a different that's podcast the midwest uh Communism nerds podcast. We'll so come back socialism to that nerds. One. Yeah, the socialism nerds. Um, Democratic socialism. That's that. My main thing no right collusion. now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> my main thing right now is that I still have this hope of when I go to sell my PlayStation or whatever or trade it in. I would rather be able to reap the dollar fifty credit that I can get for Horizon Zero Dawn than not so i don't know why i haven't been able to break the idea that like oh i'm just gonna get pennies anyway but at the same time now that we're coming to a place where the playstation 5 is going to be able to play playstation 4 games do i want to get rid of those games anyway if i bought them digitally i can just down them download them on my new playstation and play them that way anyway so they're we are moving towards this point where physical games are becoming less and less relevant. However, at the same time, same discussion we have with Google Stadia, the idea that people in rural areas are going to be able to play these games over the internet or even download them when they have like an internet cap or they ha- they're running at like five megs down. You're you're cutting out part of your audience anyway, but I guess we don't have any real raw data of like here's pe- no I don't need help with the purchase of an Xbox One S all digital edition. Thank you, Microsoft. Um, it's it's just curious to me how much we're going, how much they're losing out on people who can't buy things digitally for one reason or another. Right. But at the same time, all these games have day one updates that if you don't download them, the game's probably broken anyway too, right? Yeah. So increasingly, it seems like gaming is just becoming a thing for people who have nice internet connections. It'll just be interesting to see what what all happened. I, well, they did just... Was it the Supreme Court or who? I don't remember who, but they they allowed... I don't remember if it was a, a like a museum or like some kind of ar- ar- archivist archival archival community to emulate old games in for the sake of like keeping them around. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the game preser- preservation. Yeah, so like it's going to be like what are, what is that company going to do about a game like Destiny in 10 years? Oh yeah. You know, for like sure. I I'd, I'd be interesting to know what happens with that sort of thing and I mean, that's kind of what we've all been gearing up for anyways. I mean, if we think back to the the original announcement of the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, like, games were supposed to just, like, you were 
you're perpetually connected to the internet. That was well, that was the Xbox One, and that's how the, Sony got. But their that's leg the up. thing is, like Xbox One announced that first, and then Sony was like, "No, no, we can't do that. So we're not going to do it now. We were going to, but we're not." And yeah. so then they didn't announce that they were doing and it. Look where we're at now. Everybody's going to do it anyway. But <laughs> it's that's the thing is like it. It was we, we got there anyway. It was unnecessary on a hardware level because all of the software has made us do it anyways. Yeah. And I think back to as early as the first iPhone, maybe my iPhone 3GS. When I purchased Dragon Warrior by Square Enix on the phone, and I tried to play it on an airplane, and because I didn't have internet access on the airplane, I wasn't allowed to play it. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Like, I, there's no reason for me to have internet access to play that game. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's obscene. It's not like you were trying to play Destiny on a plane. You're trying to play a game that came out in, like, 1989. <laughs> and it was a single-player game. Yeah. Like, the epitome of a single-player game. Like, you only even had one character in the RPG. It's not like you were collecting other characters. It was literally a single-player game. Were there yeah. microtransactions? Uh, yeah, to get rid of the ads. I don't know. Fuck. So, if you would like to pay more <laughs> for an Xbox that can play less games, May 7th is your day. How does it play less games? It can't play physical games. But it, it can play, like, every game's released digitally. Yes. If anything, it, it can I'm play saying, more games because there are some games that aren't given physical releases, so. No, because you can also play. But You can still play those. You, you still, you don't have access to the wealth of physical games that are out in the world. I'm not saying, like, NHL 19 versus NHL 18. I'm saying, like, there are 30 million copies, not that many. There's several hundred thousand copies of NHL 19 out there that this Xbox cannot play, and therefore you must buy it online for fifty nine ninety nine. Fair enough. Like, that, to me, that's why I would never buy this thing. But at the same time, it's going to be able to play whatever Xbox 2 is going to be since it's going to live in the cloud anyway. So, right. who knows? If yeah. I can get one for, like, 180 or something someday... Or if they make an X version of this, that's like no, just two fifty. Watch, then uh, I might want one. Watch Google Stadia be available through the YouTube app on the Xbox. That's entirely possible. You know too. what I mean? Like shit, like that. Like I don't know. Google's genius. Buy AMD stock. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should buy AMD stock anyways for this next news bit. So yeah. All right. The the real bread and butter of today. So Wired Magazine had an interview with what's his nuts. Mark Cerny is his that name. That guy, yeah. <laughs> Mark Cerny Nuts. Creator Cerny, of Knack Cernuts. and Knack 2. Uh, great releases yes. that neither none of us played. Nope. I, well, bought, I bought Knack one. He might know things, but bought, he may not have a knack it? for video game right. design. Oh, man, you the show's, suck. The show's canceled. <laughs> Everybody Brian, go home. Brian's canceled because of his ass. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, so Mark Cerny interviewed with Wired and gave some details on the next-generation console from Sony, uh, talking about the fact that they are targeting uh, 8K graphics and 3D audio, uh, also ray tracing for for graphical and audio implications. That was actually... Really interesting to me, the ray tracing for audio. Yeah, uh, what the hell is that all about? So they're using the, the ray tracing isn't necessarily used for light only and reflections, but also for the pinpointing of 3D audio from multiple directions. Light and sound are both waves and therefore can benefit from the same technology. Okay, yeah, that you makes know? sense. 
It's it was like really interesting to like think about. That's amazing though. Because yeah. if you think that about could it, be like a big deal. The the idea of ray tracing in terms of of light in games and reflection is like they're tracing a ray of light from a particular source to its. Uh, what do you want to call where it that? intersects with the geometry of the world? Yes. And you can apply that same technology to audio to create more immersive 3D sound, which is kind of fucking awesome. Yeah, more, if you more. really if you really think about that, especially in respect to VR, mm-hmm. that's incredible. So yeah. I yeah, I'm really interested to see what they do with this 3D audio. Honestly, I feel like they they always kind of downplay the importance of audio with har- some of this with console hardware. People are talking like this, and it does this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's really irritating. Maybe I don't want 3D audio. <laughs> You're gonna have me. We're gonna we're gonna be playing Destiny Four Online VR, which is gonna be the next iteration of Destiny. And we're gonna have our helmets on, and I'm gonna make my character run around yours. <laughs> and you're just gonna keep hearing things like this happen to you all the time. Yeah. And it's, just think about if in CFDs. Brian, where are you? Where are you? What are you doing? What are you looking at in the <laughs> menu right now? What game? What guns are you putting on? What kind of armor are you putting on your character right now? What's going on right now? Just think about and see if thieves, when we're both running around you with our hurdy gurdies, <laughs> <laughs> how much that could be improved with ray tracing. Uh, That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'll run through the other other things that they're also thinking about here. Um. Or or what else they're talking about? Like they they yeah, it's an AMD uh, Ryzen CPU, third generation. They're looking at seven nanometer Zen two microarchitecture, which is the latest and greatest. Um Whoa. and GPU is going to be Navi based. I mean, Zen won't Zen three be out in Na- like Navi a Navi month based. or two? Top of the line right now, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then the other thing that they're also talking about uh, PSVR. The current PSVR will be compatible with the PlayStation Five. That's awesome. They did not talk about what uh may be coming next in terms of like a PSVR two. I think the only thing anybody wants with PSVR two is wireless. Well, and, and better tracking I think, is the main, is kind of like the the yeah. real main, like, even if it wasn't wireless, if you could track controllers and the headset better with some different technology. Personally, I want a controller that doesn't look like a stupid stick with a ball at the end. You know, those dumb move oh, controllers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want a real touch controller, like the Rift had. The other thing that they said, they are trying to get an SSD. Uh, solid state hard drive of some sort in this PlayStation. They they're looking to improve the uh, like the the SATA technology or the connection technology so that they can actually take advantage of higher speeds from hard drives. Because right now, if you throw an SSD in your PlayStation Four Pro, you will not get the maximum speeds of that SSD on the PlayStation Four well, yeah, because the interface between the PlayStation and that hard drive is not. Good enough. I think they're only using like SATA two yeah. instead of three, which yep. is a big difference. So those those are the things they're targeting. They said something about the load time from Spider Man on a slowed down version of the new hardware went from fifteen seconds to point eight seconds, which is fantastic. But also it's kind of sad because those 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 uh the load load screens in between with Spider Man on the subway are pretty entertaining, but but that's the thing they had to entertain you. Yeah, like, exactly. They had to do that because, like, I think it's mentioned in the article, nobody wants to wait for fifteen seconds. It's like it's People like don't when I want that when I uh, started playing Skyrim on PC rather than PS3, and I couldn't read any of the tooltips anymore, or rotate <laughs> the models around, and I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. But also, I was immediately playing the game, so right. Uh, 
anyway, that's the summary of the big announcements that were made in this Wired article. I'm sure everything is still kind of subject subject to change, and also like the fact that they're targeting 8K graphics. That seems like a pipe dream right there. Yeah, with, with any appreciable frames per second, like even to hit 30, 30 frames in 8K is going to be a challenge with whatever hardware is out but right like now. But like you guys were saying, your hope is that it, they'll get 4K at 60 frames a second. Easy peasy. That's my hope. I think that's achievable at this point. Oh, I think it's achievable. Based on what I've seen with my graphics card that's already like two years old. Yeah, the fact that I can get 120 frames a second at 1440. Well, like, that's that's like a the, different ball game than running at 4K, though. Well, the main the main thing here for me that when I read when I read this article, I was like, this thing's going to cost 600. dollars mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that it will not be 399 like the PlayStation 4 was at launch. But they've since released a, an announcement. They're not an announcement, but they've a statement saying that the price point will be appealing. They said the price rich point people. will be appealing with the feature set that is available in the machine. Yeah, I mean, $600 which, might be appealing if you're looking at building a gaming PC or something. $600 is a deal. But, it, but if this is capable of doing all the things that the modern gaming PCs can do at the fraction of the cost of a GTX 2080 Ti, like... That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, appealing. that's great, but then there are the people that aren't us... That are looking at it and from the perspective of, oh, I just bought a PlayStation 4 Slim for 250 Are they ever going to get anywhere near a $600 PlayStation 5? Probably not. But I also think we're probably living in a world where Sony's like, hey, PlayStation 5 is here. It's $599.99. We're also bringing out the PlayStation 4 Pro Slim. It's available for 350 or something like that. Because maybe these PS5 games will still be playable on a PlayStation 4 Pro. Although, looking at something like Sekiro, it's not really playable well, on a PlayStation 4 Pro. Well, they mentioned something in the article mentions some idea that it looks like Death Stranding is going to be a two-generation game. Yes. So. Yes. But at the same time, if that PlayStation 4 version still doesn't like run well. Because we're seeing these games come out like Sekiro that don't run even at like 30 frames per second particularly well, you know, or or like at least at a constant 30 frames per second. Yeah. So it's it's worrisome to me that like, yeah, we may have these games that are released in between generations that, you know, it's like Nintendo putting out, I think, what was it? They put out Hyrule, uh Hyrule Warriors on the 3DS, and it was literally unplayable on the normal 3DS, and it was playable on the new 3DS only. But you could still buy it and use it on both. I would feel ripped off. Yeah, it would suck. And and I feel like that we are we are getting to the point, especially with something like Sekiro, where that's happening more and more um, with current hardware. Yeah, well, really, I think I'll just stick with my PC if I can, <laughs> unless... I mean, I'm interested to see what happens with this. And I do think, um, you know, a platform like Stadia, if it takes off, is something that Sony could even somehow invest, like, their games into, seeing as Stadia is running on AMD architecture as well. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, this is total pipe dream, you know, like, but that's, that's the sort of thing where, like, Sony could make money off of Stadia, too. Mark Cerny is quoted in here saying something. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, I'm sorry. 
They did say something about streaming video games. Yeah, so um, Google. So this is a quote from the Wired article. Google is leading a charge away from traditional consoles by launching a cloud gaming service, Stadia, later this year. Microsoft Next version of the Xbox will presumably integrate cloud gaming as well to allow people to play Xbox games on multiple devices. Sony pl- Sony's plans in this regard are still unclear. It's one of the many things Sony is keeping mum on, saying only that, quote, we are cloud gaming pioneers and our vision should become clear as we head towards launch, end quote. But it's hard to think there won't be more news coming on that front. To me, that quote smells like a, you know, we're thinking about it still. To me, that sounds like they're probably going to, like, mimic the google stadia platform and allow you to play it on the sony bravia smart tvs and things like that without even needing a playstation 5 like that's that's what i get from that well and and, and it wouldn't surprise me and that would be kind of cool because then i don't have to buy the playstation 5 i can keep my pc and i can play the exclusives which are most likely are going to be single player experiences anyways as yeah. we've seen no problem on my sony bravia television i mean yeah. i'd be cool with Streaming my Sony games on my PC too, which yeah, you can which currently you, do. Yeah, you can currently do that. Or yeah. who knows what the next platform is going to do? But if it comes down to, okay, the the new Sony PlayStation Five is six hundred dollars, or you can buy this controller that links to your Bravia TV and will give you a month of PlayStation access for free. Blah 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 blah, and I can play all the exclusives that way. I'm a hundred percent down with that. Then I don't need to buy a PlayStation. I don't know why, but I can actually use a PlayStation 4 controller on my Samsung TV. That's pretty I've cool. never tried it, but it's an option. There might be... Uh, it, it may have at one point had PlayStation Now integrated with it, because that was a thing. Hmm. Like, they've already done... They already... That's the thing, is that... They, people, right, like he's saying, like, we are pioneers yeah. in cloud gaming. Like, we've, clearly, already, we've already done that. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, cool. No collusion. Cool story, bro, but... You know, I don't know if they're. It, it'll. I, I feel like they're being very dicey with how they're treating Google Stadia, especially with this quote of him being like, "We've already done that." You're not doing it on the level that they're trying to do, and I mean, and you're I, not like, doing it on the level that Microsoft is promising to do it on. Right, and, and and I think back like the Stadia, like I don't, we, I feel like we didn't really talk about Stadia as much as we probably should have, but. The things that they're, they they want to do with Stadia, I find extremely interesting. Specifically, like queuing up with other players online on YouTube streaming, like that's incredible. Yeah, like, what a what a great idea to get people to want to. Like that was the sort of thing. Like I think back to when Dying Light was coming out. Like I wasn't completely sold on buying that game, but I was pretty sold on it. And then I watched a couple influencers playing on Twitch, and I was like, man, I want to play this like right now. Like that would have been sweet to just be like, oh, I can. Well, and, that, and yeah, and that's the thing of like the idea that you can pause a video, hit a button, and load up the exact moment in the game that somebody was playing. And hey, maybe they say, all right, anybody who starts it from here can play thirty minutes of the game from this point. And right. then you know that influencer gets some credit for when you go and buy the game because you want to keep going from there or something like that. Yeah. That's all really cool and, and interesting. It just sucks that they'll probably pull the plug on it in like a month in. <laughs> Who knows? Let's Google. Google. I mean, I would have expected them to have done that right, like as soon as Project Stream finished. Like yeah. just being like, yeah, it this didn't work was out cool. the way we wanted it to, but yeah. clearly it did what they wanted it to do. Instead, they're like... Which the... I think the stream was just to test infrastructure, it seemed like. so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think... I guess the interesting thing is here, we're heading into a generation where... Microsoft is like the halfway point between Google and Sony. And so 
either streaming gaming doesn't take off and Sony's like in the clear or streaming gaming does take off and Sony's like left behind and one of those two things is going to happen Sony's got PlayStation now and they're in a place where they'd be able to come back around at some point but in these next like intervening years the well, early you- the early 2020s we're going to we're going to see a shift in, in the game and we could potentially see a shift in where gaming didn't, goes didn't more recently like Microsoft just released a huge cloud platform right Azure or something like that like um, Azure like didn't that just drop not too long ago I don't know how recent that was. I think that's been out for a little it's bit. It's been out but. for a while, but they like recently like did a huge overhaul and I think it's like more functional and, and runs better over like in general. Yeah. So I, I could be wrong. I don't don't take my word for that. I, I my retention for facts is terrible. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I have exactly. the best memory in the world, but I can't remember things that happened to me months ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think there No so collusion. There's a large there's a large swath of possibilities that we're going to have in gaming in the coming years and i don't know nobody knows where it's going to go but we know google's putting a big bet on stuff it seems like microsoft is putting a big bet on streaming stuff as well hey you know what if they if everybody just gave up on hardware and focused on producing like massive amounts of incredible software i'm a-okay with that well but the one thing that's tying me to like i'm gonna probably have to buy a playstation 5 is vr yeah. Like PlayStation VR. If I can't play PlayStation VR, there's no way I'm going to be able to play PlayStation VR over the internet. I don't see a world where that happens. And and I think that is what will will make a pretty big determination in like what I want to go with next time. Yeah. So, but I could we could live in a world where I own a PlayStation just to play VR stuff and all my other games are going to be on PC. Who knows. Right. Where you could just get VR for PC. But then I won't be able to play the Sony VR games. And those are the ones I care about. Okay. Because they're not just the same, like, sword and sorcery game over and over again. Can't play Iron Man VR, which, by the way, didn't come out in between episodes. I was just an idiot. Oh. I thought it was supposed to be out by now. I thought so, too. But apparently there wasn't a date announced. So okay. I'm just dumb. But Days, Days Gone comes out this next week. So does uh, Mortal Kombat. I plan on picking up Days Gone. I'm going to pick up Mortal Kombat. Well, I'm going to rent Mortal Kombat. It's be Probably hard. won't get either. It's going to be hard to juggle Days Gone and Division. Yeah. These D games, they just take over. Yep. But anyways, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. You can also check out the Midwest Podcast Network Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K and Gojo for their contributions. We love you guys. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Um, yeah, don't forget that we, again, we are Twitch affiliates and you can use your free Amazon prime subscription. Prime gives you a free subscription to give to any Twitch streamer that you want to give it to. Why not give it to us? Why not throw it our way? It's we free. Would, you wouldn't even miss it. We would greatly appreciate the only downside is you have to re up every month, but you know, we'll remind you. We're here you. to remind you. We'll remind you at least every couple of weeks. We're here to yeah. remind you. Yeah. Hell yeah. So. Thanks again for listening. Uh, next time, hopefully, we'll talk about some Mortal Kombat and Days Gone. And other than that, anybody else have anything they want to say? Um, no. No collusion. All right, that's all. Peace. <laughs>